A farmer's time is valuable. That's why Blaine's Farm and Fleet has made shopping for your must-haves quick and easy. Simply order online at farmandfleet.com and pick up your items in just one hour in their convenient drive-thru. Or try Farm and Fleet's same-day local delivery option. Well, you have probably been talking about it uh, at the water cooler or within your family. The escalated price on the fuel you use to get around the fuel you use on the farm. Listen, one of those elements is likely ethanol that's included in your fuel. So how is our Wisconsin ethanol industry doing? And what do you need to understand about uh, the prices you're seeing, the blends you're seeing, at the pump. Eric Hushett's along with us. He is the gentleman I lean on when it comes to ethanol. He, of course, is the CEO and general manager of Badger State Ethanol in Monroe and current president of Wisconsin Biofuels Association. So, Eric, catch me up. It's been a little while since you and I talked. We first visited uh, when the pandemic was in full force and the ethanol industry was stepping up with things like sanitizers. Back to a little bit more normal pace now. What's the state of the state of Wisconsin's ethanol facilities today? Thank you, Pam, and thank you for always supporting agriculture and all that you do. And obviously, ethanol is an amazingly important part of that. So here's where we're at, Pam. I mean, our industry, especially in Wisconsin and throughout the entire you know United States, is uh, is full speed ahead now. Um, again, you know, we got through the COVID. We have obviously energy prices. Um, Un- unprecedented energy prices of the upside, and so ethanol is trying to do its part on uh, heavy production, and we are doing that. Our-, our industry, Pam, is putting out record production levels here that we've seen in the last half a decade, um, and uh, we had inventory growing very, very, very quickly the last four weeks until finally this last week there was a huge export clearance and uh, our inventory levels subsided some. But we are full speed ahead. The industry is running really, really hard. Um, exports are at a rampant pace right now as the world tries to find uh, energy alternatives. And um, here in the United States, we, we we still bump up into some of the same trouble we always have in the fact that we have our strong partners in the Quick Trips and the Casey's who are using ethanol and are offering you higher blends. When you see unleaded 88 at a pump, uh, that is more than likely E15, so it's 15% ethanol in that blend that you'll see our partners carrying. You'll see um, your, your, your traditional unleaded now, almost all of it contains 10%. And if you're blessed enough to be near uh, an E85, um, Pam, um, that's 85% ethanol. And right now, I mean, 85, E85 here in Monroe at our station and our station in Platteville, for example, is priced $1.25 a gallon cheaper than your regular unleaded. And so you get all the goods of high-octane um, E85, and you're having tremendous price discounts, um, uh, po- possibilities now with the spread between um, unleaded gasoline and ethanol. So, um, you know, ethanol hasn't followed unleaded up. Um, ethanol has kept pace with uh, the higher corn prices. So our industry isn't uh, is is fortunately able to make some margin right now and able to keep these record production levels going, Pam. That's a, a real quick, uh, how is our industry running right now uh, update. So, well, that's good. That's a healthy update. And I'm appreciative of that, Eric. Let's talk a little bit about those high corn prices. Again, trying to keep that connection with the consumers. Uh, they only look at the endpoint, that pump that they use. But as far as ethanol manufacturing is concerned, these corn prices, they're at a premium right now, and it doesn't look like that's going away anytime soon. You know, you're so right. And uh, 
you know, and, and, and I, I guess the time, if history's taught me anything from doing this 20 years, the time to start getting more nervous is when everybody seems, shares the same opinion. And I don't think there's anybody out here that says, you know, we're short, we need more, prices are going to go up from here, we can't see it go lower. That's usually when the white elephant finds its way in the market to really cause us some pain. So we have to really be careful in the production agriculture. And, and I, I know the woes of the farmer is, you know, yeah, I got $7 corn, but my imports are up, up unbelievably. And the same thing with an ethanol plant. Pam, I mean, our stainless steel, we're quoting some projects, our stainless steel has tripled in price since three years ago. Um, most of our chemical ingredients are 35 to 40% higher. So we just have to be very, very careful. If we're procuring our inputs, we need to make sure to continue to be active on making sure we're locking in our output prices because the last thing we want to do is put hugely expensive end on a field and then not have our corn locked in and have some white elephant come between now and harvest that knocks our shoes off. So we just got to be very, very careful. Um, I mean, we have to realize these are unstable times, whether you're talking about interest rates, whether you're talking about inflation. Pam, I just saw the, uh, I, and I'm sure you noticed it as well, and you probably already spoke about it as top as uh, you are on things. Our World Food Price Index came out this morning, and it's 77% higher than it was a year ago uh, when, when you look at the way they index it on world food prices. So these aren't sustainable times. Something has to give, and we just all have to be careful in agriculture to, to not be caught leaning the wrong way. I know that one area that's frustrating for a lot of our ethanol producers is the policy side. Uh, So many promises made and yet not necessarily delivered. Is there anything you're training your eye on right now, Eric, when it comes to policy that could influence ethanol production, ethanol prices, ethanol marketing? Uh, Because as you pointed out, when oil starts going up, administration starts to pay attention to how they can manipulate the market to bring it back down. You know, I, I try to keep a positive spin on things, Pam, but when it comes to the frustration dealing with policy right now, it's like rewind the clock a decade and we're right back where we were. We need to have energy security. Check the box with ethanol. We need to have a greener fuel. Check the box with ethanol. Any study will tell you of any credibility that we're already 40% greener, in some cases 70% greener than unleaded gasoline, um, and, and economic development here in the United States. And, and, and it's the same, same argument that we had, um, you know, since the beginning of our, of our existence. And so we keep going back to the same things. And I'll give you a, po- a couple points of the frustration with policy and a couple that we're watching. We all know that E15 is one of the most tested fuels in the history of mankind. E15% ethanol can go into any passenger vehicle 2001 or newer. That's the lion's share of all of our fleet right now. Yet we have some reason they're playing semantics and politics again with it comes our ethanol, where they have got a three-month stretch during the summer where we do not have a one-pound waiver granted to us to pump E15 the same way we do E10. And so we've proven scientifically that it's cleaner, greener, and the read vapor pressure is less in E15 than it is in E10. They've granted the waiver on E10, and they always have, they will not grant it right now in E15, and now we have a gap where we might not be able to sell higher blends right in the summer, right when the consumer needs it the most. And the, the idiocracy of that is the fact that we're having billions of dollars spent by the USDA finally for understanding we need to have infrastructure out there for uh, higher blends of ethanol, 
And at the same time, they're spending these dollars. They don't have the regulations in there to make that fuel, which should have no hiccups, yet we can't get across the finish line. So our industry is working feverishly trying to find solutions so that we can sell E15 year-round and, and, and get around this uh, this bugaboo. Another one, Pam, and, and I'll, I'll only say with two because it's just too frustrating. And there's better ways to waste your viewers' time than listen to me complain. Um, the other one is the irony is the Supreme Court upheld the fact that these waivers were granted to refiners that told them they didn't have to use ethanol. Well, the Supreme Court said that's wrong. That is a um, illegal action by the EPA. The EPA came in and, and now, under this administration, was reviewing it. And they agreed and sided with the with the Supreme Court and the fact that okay we understand we cannot grant these um, these waivers we're not going to grant these waivers and in the same breath they said but we're not going to enforce it on the refiners to go and buy the ethanol in the marketplace so in essence they agree with the Supreme Court they acknowledge that the law says that they had to use these amounts of ethanol in the past yet they're just giving them a pass and saying ethanol figure it out so. It's those kind of hiccups in policy, and the frustrating thing about that, Pam, is on one on one side of their mouth, they're willing to spend billions and billions and billions of dollars to get electrical vehicles off the ground, and we're not opposed to electrical vehicles. Great. We need those. We need all solutions if we're really going to truly fix greenhouse gases, but here we have a fuel today that's 40 to 70 percent greener than unleaded gasoline we could be selling higher blends today we could be giving the price uh, uh, relief to the consumers at the pump today and yet we still have policy lagging so um, when it comes to policy pam unfortunately it's more of the same uh, now you you obviously have got a lot of people paying more attention to it again because of the her, her, her atrocities in ukraine and in russia what russia's doing and then what russia's uh, oil and energy supply means the rest of the world in prices. So everybody's now making it their point to, to know what's going on. But unfortunately, Pam, policy isn't getting the job done. And then we're left with markets and the consumers to, to, to bear the blunt of it like we're seeing right now yet again. Yep. Yep. That's the story. It seems to be always that way. Ethanol is in the crosshairs, but never seems to get across the home line. Thanks for the update, Eric. We appreciate it. I'm glad to hear that Wisconsin's ethanol facilities are back up and running full steam. That's much better than the story we had during the pandemic. Pam, thanks for all you do, and to all those producers who are about ready to get in the field, um, God be with you and have a safe safe planting season. Eric Hushett, along with us, he's the CEO and general manager, Badger State Ethanol in Monroe. Like he said, full force ahead as far as production is concerned, even with higher input costs like that corn. But again, the frustration remains when it comes to policy definition and enforcement in Washington, D.C. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Farm Director Pam Yonke.